Welcome to the Masterminds podcast, a podcast about flips, flops, plans, outcomes, and learnings in the mythical field of mobility as a service. To get there, we will go inside the heads of the pioneers and the practitioners. Here we explore, together with entrepreneurs and innovators, a number of key themes associated with the mass concept. We will discuss successes, failures, and key lessons that can be drawn from the minds of mass experts. We will ask where Mars has been and, more importantly, where it's going. In this first pilot episode, you will get to know the main characters, Steven Salasini and Hans Arby, and why they are doing this podcast. We will ask questions like, is Mars dead or just a bit sick? We will give you the Ubigo story, lessons learned, and finally, we'll talk about the status and future of Mars. I'm Gunnar Streich, and it's an honor for me to moderate this very first conversation. So I say welcome to Steven and Hans. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think we should start with you, of course. And I've heard that uh, you are, uh, you're quite rich after your uh, mass uh, journey. Uh, or what do you, do, what do you say, uh, Hans? Uh, not quite. I, I think that actually Stephen, that's been a researcher, has made more money than I made, actually. Well, yeah, because being a researcher is often <laughs> linked with wealth, no. abundance well, of wealth. You so, can say we're still working, so neither of us is rich. Yeah, so, yeah. so what's, what's your background? Uh, well, I'm, I'm an engineer from the beginning, but mostly working with uh, <clears throat> marketing, uh, business development, so on in the different industries. And also then been working a lot with city development and, and traffic and public transport planning and so on. Hmm. And Steven, you're a scientist? Um, we have to be careful with that world. Uh, okay. Social scientist. Okay. Um, why, why should I be careful with that? Because scientists, real scientists, get offended when you call social scientists scientists. Okay. So yeah, but uh, I'm a, I'm a researcher, maybe. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> social scientific researcher, and I work. Uh, I've been working on sustainability and innovation issues for uh, my entire career. Um, um, so I've been working with on Mars related stuff for about the last eight years, I think. And uh, yeah, people wonder why I haven't stopped. <laughs> Why haven't you stopped? <laughs> well, it's an interesting field, um, but it was uh, it was interesting in the beginning to get involved because it was completely new, it was novel, and it was very promising. I, um, you know, often when you're working on sustainability issues as a researcher, it's it's difficult to find something which could be successful because usually sustainability costs money, and uh, you know there's strong lobby forces against it. But here we had something that could potentially revolutionize the field. Uh, result in something more sustainable, innovative, and it could help entrepreneurs like Hans become rich. Um, so uh, please explain, why, why are you guys sitting here in this uh, podcast? Oh, that, that's a good question. But we've we, we actually been working together in different projects, also when I was with Ubigo. And now we're actually uh, colleagues at RISE since uh, one and a half year I joined RISE. So I'm actually also a researcher and I haven't, haven't become rich, I, neither of that one. No, but but it's it, I think that we are, since we've been working with this, the, the, the hype, but also the big potential, the promise, if we can reshape how mobility is, is delivered and consumed in a way, that would have a great impact, and and it's of course there's a lot of money in it as well. So that's that's so that I think that's what kept kept us going uh, to try to do something in in this field. 
But, but what answers are you searching for in the in, in this in this podcast in the coming episodes? I think we want to go because in the end everything is about people. So you can read reports and, and evaluation and numbers and so on. But it's all about the people that are there to take risk, try to change things, and and think new. So so I think that's to really understand when things are changing. It's always about the people and 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 understanding how people are thinking, why they are doing it, and the lessons learned from the people who's actually been doing that is is really important to understand where we are and where we're going, I think. Yeah, and their personal stories. There are a lot of pioneers in the field of Mars. I think you're one of them, Hans. But there are others, you know, um, from perhaps uh, non-commercial organizations like the public sector and so on that have really tried to push this issue and drive it forward. Um, And we want to know their personal stories a little bit. What what drove them? What motivated them? uh, What frustrated them? And... and, uh, in some cases, some people have, have uh, jumped out of the race, and we want to know why. <laughs> it's interesting. Can you give us any hints about uh, about the coming episodes? Is there something you can tell us? We will uh, interview people that's been in the field for a long time and get their personal stories. Uh, as Stephen said, both the ones that are more like commercial entrepreneurs, but also entrepreneurs within public sectors, researchers that are never giving up and so on to, to, to get their stories and understand because you understand what's happening through people. Hmm. Uh, interesting. But let's start with with uh, uh, Mars as, as such and, and the journey of Mars. I think, Stephen, you you have a, a very good uh, definition and, and, and uh, a story how, how, it, uh, how it started and how it worked out. Well, I would say it started before it was even called Moss. It's back in the days of, of Han's first uh, projects within this uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, or before you were even an entrepreneur. Um, so it wasn't really called Moss. Moss is mobility as a service. Um, and uh, that's quite a broad uh, de- uh, concept. Um, so broadly, you can say there are different uh, types of Moss. Um, and uh, they range from you know different types of individual mobility services. Uh, so the the classic there is public transportation, uh, or taxis, or things like that. Um, and historically, they've worked as sort of single, uh, independent services, uh, perhaps in competition with others, and maybe even with private automobiles and things like that. Um, but then uh, a few years back, maybe around 2014, 15. Uh, interest started to uh, gather about these more integrated mobility services where you combine different individual services through, say, a platform where you can book and pay for them or maybe even bundle them as part of a new um, as, as a new offer. Um, and it's those types of services that I think we've focused on uh, mostly, Hans and I. Uh, Hans through his, his uh, startup, Ubigo, um, and me through my research. Um, and the, the the reason we look at those is that, um, as I mentioned already, around 2015, somewhere around the mid 2010s, uh, there was a lot of hype and interest in these. And um, there was a, a true belief that you could uh, revolutionize and transform the mobility system and, and offer something which is very user centric, uh, a, a valid alternative to the, the private car um, that would also be more sustainable. So it was a new type of service or new types of service that would bring about new types of travel behavior. And we all got very excited and, and got behind this uh, from our different sort of reference points. And, and how did it uh, develop and, and uh, where are we now? 
So over time, there has been, um, I mean, it went from uh, the initial, uh, I think the starting point is actually with Hans. So here in Gothenburg in Sweden, um, around about what, 2010? Is that the right period? 2008? 2011, yeah. 2011. Um, and there, there was a, a series of uh, smaller projects that resulted in uh, a larger project, a, a pilot of this uh, idea of combined mobility or mobility as a service. Um, and that was very successful. <clears throat> Received a lot of attention. It was very well researched as well. So in the academic field, it's been there's been a lot of publications on this on this topic. And then over time, um, multiple actors in multiple countries, um, specifically uh, Sweden, Finland, to some extent Austria, Australia, uh, countries like this, Germany, um, they, they've they've been actors within those countries that have started to sort of proactively work on this. Um, uh, there have been lobby organizations, there have been uh, public funders of research and innovation projects that have gotten behind it and launched sort of national programs that in involve uh, different piloting activities and assessment and evaluation and so on. And there have even been some international initiatives uh, trying to link, say, some of the pioneering countries together, like Sweden and Finland, for instance. So over time, um, there's been um, sort of multiple actors uh, have jumped on board and, and gotten behind this with uh, different perspectives, capabilities, resources, and pushed it forward. And uh, for for a good period, there was a there was a strong sort of entrepreneurial focus where commercial players would get on board and try and uh, develop their own business and uh, yeah, develop their own services linked to that. But you can say that it's still a lot about pilots uh, and also the the so to say real commercial services still quite small in, in terms of number of users and, and usage, so it hasn't really taken off. Well, what, what would you say uh, about uh, uh, mass uh, today? Is it is it dead or is it just a bit sick? That That's also, as Stephen said, it's it's how you define mass. Because if you look at the big picture, I think it's everything is about making it so it's easier to live a multimodal life, uh, to have an every, easy everyday life without having to own a car. So that's that's the key thing, which is of course very important in in uh, cities, because a, a car takes up place, and and if you have a car, you use it. So it, it also a lot of uh, pollution and emission as well. So it's all about trying to offer something that that is even better than owning your private car. And in that sense, I think if you look like ten years, we will consume mobility more as a service than actually owning assets. So it's more a question how to get there. But the, so it's a classical. Of, of being uh, more like you integrate, you're an integrator and combine and, and bundle, that hasn't really taken off that model. So it's still it's still very early on in, in the field, which which is not so strange. I mean, things take like 25 years. I think it's like 25 years from the invention of internet before it's actually took off. So 25 to 40 years. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Stephen, uh, you mentioned the word... Uh, uh, entrepreneurs uh, and and uh, pilots and so on. Uh, uh, that sounds to me that uh, there are also some bankruptcy in in in, uh, in this in the same same way, so to say. Yeah, that's not untrue, and it's not um, a coincidence that Hans and I and our colleagues, um, <laughs> thank you, at, at Rice <laughs> Research Institutes of Sweden. Shameless plug there. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I have to cut that bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> That's why I said that you uh, that you are rich. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's true. I think uh, 
so over time there has been we we've talked about hype a little bit like this interest and and this is not uncommon when you get a, like a new sort of um uh, radical innovation that's going to sweep the 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 globe and and take over the world there is there's this like sort of hype in the beginning um and basically it just means that there's a lot of interest there's a lot of people uh thinking about it doing things about it and so on sometimes the um uh the reality doesn't live up to the expectations. Um, so we talk in terms of hype cycles, uh, and over time the hype uh, can, you know, uh, uh, over time an innovation can sort of decline in terms of interest and how much it's hyped, and and uh, either it, either it can uh, end up in this sort of trash heap of failures, or maybe something else. So it can be a bit more productive, or it can proceed along a more sort of um, rational pathway going forward. Um, but yeah, in the, in the in the initial stages, there's a, there's a lot of fluidity. So a lot of companies are started, a lot of ideas are tested, and a lot of them disappear as well. Some succeed, and but the majority probably fail. So um, it's not unusual that you know there are companies that start and then go bankrupt, um, or the ideas come and go, uh, and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, there've been a few bankruptcies. Uh, it's also been um, exaggerated somewhat by the um by the pandemic it didn't help to have a pandemic mm -hmm. uh, during a period where we're supposed to pilot and test shared mobility services i mean that's that's a tough sell mm. so, and but, and one of this uh this hype was uh was your company ubigo yeah uh, Hans, tell but me, we, uh, tell we actually started bit. before the hype yeah, well, we just, started before that but, <laughs> but just, just commenting also what Stevens had because i think what's special with with mars and mobility is that Typically, a hype cycle, it's, it's kind of fueled by what you can do with technology. Look, we can do an app that integrates everything. Uh, and in this case, you also the, the, the public side saw the, the huge potential. So you've been funding a lot of public funding in pilots and so on. Uh, because, but what you missed then, you have the, what you could do with technology. And then from societal actors, are, well, if it works, this is great. But nobody really cared about the business in the middle. And looking at sustainable business models, that's why we have pilots that say, okay, even if the pilot works, there's no business. So understanding, I've been showing the, the, the Osterwalder canvas in multiple uh, conferences and said, am I stupid showing a business, my business model? And then realized, well, nobody understands because they're just looking at technology or societal good. And and that was actually when, when we did, the, uh, we did a, a pre-study in 2011, I mean, a, a colleague, and, and what we want to say, our questions were, is it possible to offer a service that can actually uh, compete with private car? And is it po possible to make money on it? So that was the question for the first pre-study. So we started like the, the user needs and the business that and but that was before it was called uh, mobility as a service. Okay, so Hans, to get to get the story straight, there was the Ubigo pilot in Gothenburg back in 2014. It finished. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there was a period of uncertainty due to public transportation not really knowing what their own role would be. What happened after that? So yeah, so it said it was that that the uncertainty to trying to get the public transport to open up and also f do well finding an investor. 
Uh, and and of course, meanwhile, I was actually doing consultancy because I needed to to, to leave as well. Uh, but then we got a chance to open up in in Stockholm, and and that was due both to do that we got VID as an investor, a French investor, and also get SL to actually say, okay, you're allowed to resell, and you can use your your flexible ticket model as well, which was important. And then we get a taxi rental car and car sharing uh, on board as well. So we launched mm. in Stockholm 2019. Mm. Uh, and it was slow. We a lot of the challenges were were left. You you can imagine. Okay, 2014. Now we're open in 2019. Everybody's waiting for Moss. No, <laughs> they. It was it was still as new as it was in 2014. But when you say launch in stock, was that a pilot or was it launching in a commercial? It was a launch in a commercial. But then we had agreement with SL, the the, yep. the regional PTA of Stockholm, to because we were using this uh, other price model for them to to not go too big in the beginning mm. uh, to, to get the sort of political improvement that, that actually going outside what their <laughs> the ticketing model that they have, the mm. price model. Uh, and, and then we got the pandemic, which wasn't good. Uh, but the, interestingly, because then we had a very good team in Stockholm of, of five that were actually running the business. And during the pandemic, we if 95% of the trips were public transport before that became like 80% and we had a much, much more rental car during weekends because we were allowed in Sweden to move weekends. So we actually, the, the revenue increased and revenue per user increased during the, the, the COVID. And we also introduced monthly uh, rent on, on bikes for commuting bikes and so on. So that, that one thing was that it actually showed that we could be relevant we we kept people from buying a car mm. because we offer other services. But but, me, but yeah, mm, let me give this straight. Then so the, did the volumes decrease, but the revenue per user increased? So so because, the, mm. the 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 rev the number of customer were were kind of stable, but the actual the the revenue increased during the COVID. Mm. Uh, so so that was kind of interesting, mm -hmm. and because you need to have the mix. If if ninety percent of the trips are public transport, still the revenue would be maybe fifty percent for rental car. And that's where you can make money. Mm -hmm. So, so you want to have that mix as well. Mm -hmm. But then, the the problem during the pandemic was actually the the investor that couldn't fund anymore because they were they need to take a French state loan and so on. And trying to find a new investor in in that climate that was a hard one. So, so that was indirectly through COVID. Mm -hmm. There were these challenges and so on. But if we would have been able to kept on, we launched our own platform. And so on. So, so uh, it would, might have, should have looked differently uh, mm. if, if not for COVID. Mm. How hard was the decision to, uh, to liquidate the company? Uh, at that part, because I was uh, leaving, leaving to the Stockholm team, uh, and also during the pandemic. So, so it, it was, it was very sad. But, but in, in a way, uh, the, the learnings and actually being do, doing this, I, I didn't become rich, as I said. Uh, but it was worth it anyway. But it was sad. So, so because I wanted the biggest driver would have been to say I was right, <laughs> and and I wasn't able. So now, and in, in, together with all the other ones that said, well, we tried, but mm. we failed. Uh, mm. So, yeah. but then every cloud has a silver lining because now we're colleagues at Rice, that's research institutes of Sweden. Yeah, the shameless plug. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And now we're looking for pilot. No, <laughs> no, but see, we we are now colleagues, and uh, now you have the chance to look at this from a different perspective, I guess. Absolutely. Mm. But what what did you want to achieve? What was the idea? 
I think there was two things because I was working then also with with like city of Gothenburg and realizing how cities are reshaping and you will get less space for for car, but people still need to do their everyday life in a way. So that will be a gap when when you make it's harder to own and use a car, but you still need to move around. There you have a gap or a business uh, opportunity. So that was we said okay, this would be great to see if we can actually fill that gap with the business so it was like a challenge so i was working i see the 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 common good is is really important to see how cities can can work but also the the challenge is if it's possible to to build a business and filling up this gap uh you said the word uh, business model and you sh- that you showed what what was the business model model so so we looked at if we want to replace the private car we need to cover all the needs of a household and and that's got us thinking okay then we need to some kind of subscription but in a flexible way because you use the car for many different things you know how it's working you know you can use it everywhere in every city which is not the case if you try to mix all the different modes by yourself so make it easier to consume can kind of more like in a unified way all the different uh, mobility options that you had uh, so so that's that's how we built the business model and and then also if you can replace a car if if i i say to you gunnar that your your car costs probably like 8000 crowns uh, or 800 euros a month give me 400 of those euros and i will give you something even better then you get a lot of money that you can actually build a business on if you're just reselling a single tickets on public transport for 3 euros and you get 2% of that one that's a tough one so more like the all inclusive charter trip things than the travel uh, agency in a way so you you take a bigger responsibility sounds very good what do you what do you say uh, in Steve? theory you, in theory say? social researcher <laughs> or whatever you call it. what's your what's your uh, what's your thought about that i mean if we look back at the the ubigo pilot it was it was it was successful and people really liked this this type of service so I mean, if we if we look at the offer that was made uh, i think it was it was validated and that's the aim of a pilot is to try and test something with the hope of validating it or maybe uh, proving it to be false and then doing something different but in this case i think it was actually very successful um so people uh, if i remember correctly from the evaluations people were highly satisfied that their level of satisfaction increased as they tried this type of service um not just that they they became more aware of their own travel behavior um of their own travel costs uh, and things like that um they did change aspects of the behavior as well so they they uh for instance they planned a bit more uh in their travel uh, but also they made mod- modal shifts which is the 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 sort of thing that we really aim for is is to shift people away from private cars and onto more shared modes possibly even more active modes because it's more sustainable, more healthy and uh, better for society and so on. So um there was evidence of that too. Um so from that perspective, you know, it's it's a, a strong offer. Um I think the challenge in the business model is always the the revenue part or the revenue model. Uh so how do you uh, generate uh I mean in Hans case it had to be it's a commercial business model. Uh, but that's not always the case with 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 Mars. It could be run by a a public organization or not for profit um but still you have to have a, a financial model in place which is somewhat uh, viable and and i think that's been a big challenge yeah i think because even if it's public you still need to create value because else you spend taxpayers money on something that is is not valid mm-hmm. so so i think that 
going back to the pilot, what what we wanted to do in the pilot that was 2013 was actually to test uh, if people thought it was price worthy and and change behavior like the service and 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 then also looking at f- from the back if if it was possible to to drive a business on it uh, as well and what was interesting with this sort of big promise we did we even had a chance to put away 20 of the households we locked away their cars and and just give them uh, cover the fixed cost of the car but we saw that people went from it's it's hard to show a diagram in in a pod, uh, but but when you look at the 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 part of people that were very satisfied with the o- overall transport situation, that increased from sixteen percent up to fifty percent during the wow. uh, pilot, and then went back to fifteen percent again, and that was included with the households that didn't have the car access to the car anymore. So people changed behavior, and and then we saw that they liked it. So, so that's a that's a strong, uh, strong sign, <clears throat> and that it worked. And and we also saw that that what was also very interesting is that uh, we changed behavior first, and then we changed attitude. So people who used more public transport become more positive. They used less private car and became more negative to private car, which is also interesting. That so I think that if you give people a very good offer, they will change. The behavior actually first before the attitude. The public uh, transport uh, companies, how did uh, they react, and and uh, 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 what did they try the pilot? That that that's very. So we had uh, we had Vestafik, which is the regional PTA of, of uh, in Gothenburg, uh, and they we had them on board, and and it worked very nicely with them. But also since this was kind of a successful, we ran it for half a year, seventy households, uh, everything as real as possible. Uh, they said, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder, because we asked them, should we continue? And say, we need to think. And now last year, eight years later, they said, yes. But it's a little bit too late. <laughs> so that, that's why we ended up, and when we made a commercial uh, relaunch, it was in Stockholm. Uh, but, but it's interesting. So they've been struggling with their role. They also see that they're part of the big puzzle. But what role should they take? Should they be a supplier? Should they be the mass operator, which is also very different to different countries? In Germany, it's more like uh, that's the public is doing a public uh, transport company is doing uh, the mass. In Sweden, Finland is more like a liberal model. Uh, Norway is is, uh, is very very German in that sense. They want to do everything themselves. The the public transport as well. So, uh, but have you an example uh, from 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 these days where uh, anywhere there where this mass uh, model is implemented? Where where does it work uh, the best? So, so there are some uh, good service. I would say that in Berlin, which is a uh, public, it's it's a very nice uh, app. It's a lot of uh, supply and so on, but the number of user and usage is is still low. As, as we understand, they haven't released any figures. Uh, we had our my colleague in, in Finland with Moss Global and, and WIM uh, was quite successful. But in terms of revenue, it's it was still small. So it didn't, hadn't really taken off. So you have nice, nice apps, uh, nice services. Uh, but obviously, they're not relevant or, or competitive enough. But it also it takes time uh, to, to build it and, and you will lose some money in the beginning. Mm. Stephen, Stephen, uh, have you any additional thoughts about uh, the Ubigo uh, story? 
I think I think it illustrates the importance of public transportation. Um, so maybe uh, we didn't really say that so far, but uh, the idea of this version of Mars or the version that's been sort of salient in everyone's minds has been one where public transport is the so-called backbone of the service. So, uh, but in saying that, you want to have uh, that's your go-to sort of thing, um, and then you have additional services around it. So, for a commercial mass operator, it means that you have to have a very good relationship with with a PTA, PTA public transport authority, uh, or a PTO, or both. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they they basically, uh, in in some regards, they've been uh, said to uh, have a veto uh, on on mass, whether it operates or not. Um, especially when there's a commercial provider, so I think, yeah, the the actions here of the the local public transport agency have have perhaps not helped uh, in terms like they haven't helped actors like Hans launch his services as he'd hoped, um, and it's taken some time to get things off the ground. Um, but also, like if you ask this question about is is there anywhere this where this is implemented and where it works well? And I think those are two separate questions, <laughs> <laughs> which I think okay. Hans alluded to. Yeah. So implemented, like, again, when you have the public sector behind it, it seems to be easier to get it implemented. Like, so in Berlin, we have a, a publicly, a public organization behind the service there, and it's it's, it's up and running, and they've, they've put a lot of money into it. It's a platform which uh, facilitates payment and bookings of different services. And, and from that perspective, it looks very good in terms of actual usage, we don't really see the figures, but uh, if we do a little bit of digging, it doesn't look great. And I think uh, that's probably the case everywhere, that we don't really have the user numbers that we'd hoped for in terms of mass. Um, so uh, that's perhaps one of the reasons why we're progressing uh, along this decline. Um, it could also be that, you know, people just don't want mass uh, or they're not ready for it or something else maybe maybe the services available don't add enough value or create enough value for the for the for the users um th that's a bit of an open question i think but but i think also that that as i said is more like a technology uh, focus so it's like, okay let's put everything in an app and and putting things in an app it doesn't create value if if you look at like uh, leisure trips or or business trips it makes sense to search for the best uh, car rental for the best hotel and you spend an hour but in the everyday, you, you don't wake up on Monday morning and say, well, this is exciting. I wonder how I'm going to get to work this morning. No, it should just work. So you don't need the app to search. And so that's that's not valid. So it comes down to the offer. What's the price? What the price models and so on? And that's what, what we also tried to do, both in, in the pilot and also Stockholm. For instance, public transport, you had a subscription of number of days in public transport uh, that you could share among the household. Uh, the days you didn't use, you could say to the next month. So it was like a monthly refill, like you have with Surf in many mobile uh, subscriptions today. So having that flexibility, control, and also flexibility, share among the household. Uh, that that's one way of giving an offer. That today you have single tickets or monthly pass. That's everything you have to choose from. So so I think that's that's real understanding to create a good offer and and not just an app. If we make some some reflections uh, about this, um, did did this journey meet your expectations, or, or or can you give any examples where your expectations were completely wrong? I, I think I think we've been talking about this the the key role that public transport has, and 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 so if you look at in in Europe and all over the world, actually, <clears throat> there are maybe 
five, maximum 10 cities where you can actually be a commercial mass operator where you're allowed to resell uh, public transport. Uh, so, so you have it in, in Finland, Sweden, in a few cities now. Uh, Flandern in Flanders in, in uh, Netherlands is also a very good example because they've taken a, a more holistic view of this, of, of, of mass. Uh, so, so it's not that many. So that frustration of, of not getting, being able to help public transport to reach new customers, because that's kind of our offer to public transport. We will reach those car the, the people that always use car, those are our best customers. So we will help them reach them. So that's been a frustration. It's, it's a very slow uh, process. Uh, but as I said, if you look at the business model, as I said just three challenges with running Moss. It's one recruiting customers, one recruiting suppliers, uh, making money and get investments. And then you're good to go. Mm, so so, it's, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid. And actually when I got the, 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 the French uh, company as an investor, I told them with a meeting with the board, I said that I don't, I'm not sure if we're going to make money, but with our business model, if we don't do it, nobody else will. So mm. it's the best of the challenging probably doing this this way. Uh, so so, but that's that's been hard. But then it's been a, a very fun journey to have a startup get the funding, do a real commercial uh, launch and so on, and, and see if we could actually succeed. Mm, so you didn't get get rich, but you had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun, absolutely, and frustrations. It's it's uh, it was in intense years, absolutely. What would you say? Uh, uh, what lessons may be drawn about rules and res- responsibilities uh, in the mass ecosystem? That that's a very you you can compliment me, but but in my view, uh, the public sector need to understand that it doesn't have to do everything themselves because they actually have a, a very powerful uh, position. They have a monopoly in in cities. If you look at the individual mobility services, they have a monopoly on public space. They can regulate and say what kind of services are allowed, and you can have parking fee that makes the car less attractive. Uh, and then you have uh, public transport that also has a monopoly on publicly subsidized transport. <clears throat> so they can use that monopoly and set the rules for a market in a way. So you are allowed to resell public transport if you fulfill this and this and this. Uh, so they should use that and, and kind of leave, make very attractive services maybe to the commercial market. Yeah, I think what Hans is talking about here is like, there, there is a, a broad discussion about the role of the public sector versus the private sector in the so-called mass ecosystem, the the network of different actors that should bring this to fruition. Um, and uh, I, I guess Hans has a, a focus on the public sector because he comes from the private sector. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, it, it's a difficult question, and I don't think we know the answers fully yet, uh, but it, it appears that it, it, it is possible for a commercial player to to create um a, a successful uh successful in the sense that you get all the partners on board and, and create a compelling service um one of those three challenges that hans brought up before so um <clears throat> yeah it seems that the, a, a private player or a commercial player can do that and and do it well uh if they have the support of the public sector and and the sometimes the public sector has to uh bring in perhaps competencies they don't currently have um 
which are a bit linked to things like open innovation, allowing third parties to to take their product and do something else with it, which are a bit un- it's a bit uncomfortable for most public sector organizations, and understandably so. But that's what's required. Um, um, and in some cases, it's it's perhaps good for the public uh, organizations just to get out of the way a little bit um, and let the commercial players do what they do well, which is, as we said, innovate, develop compelling services uh, that will be used by people. I think it's it's a big ask for a public sector to be um, as innovative and lean as, say, a, a mobility startup. I, I don't think that's possible. Is that uh, sort of the main lesson, or are there any other lessons that you have uh, learned during this uh, decade? But 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 also, so so you have a lack of, lack of understanding between the private and, and the public. So so because you can have a private actor say, well, we want even more subsidy that already subsidized with fifty percent because we will sell your tickets. Uh, okay, how much? So so that is a lack of understanding, and and also looking, it's not just the public transport because you need to convince these car sharing uh, actors. Uh, rental car to say we will help you find new customers and say ah no 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 we want to stay ourselves so it's it's a lot of bubbles the whole mobility ecosystem it's hardly an ecosystem actually if you look at it it's very very lot of individuals so it's not just the public sectors that, that that's been slow and and i think that it it's easy to look and say well look at netflix and spotify you just aggregate and global market mobility is really if if i will recommend somebody to do a startup not mobility because it's so complex it's it's very local you have the hard margin cost and compared to netflix and spotify transport mobility is actually physical services moving physical bodies around while netflix and spotify that are digital products from the beginning they are, are, are ones and zeros that you can have a global market so it, it is a tough one but if if you want to change Typically, you need a new kind of actor that start to change the ecosystem, and you do that by integration. So I think still it's it's valid, but it's 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 a tough one because the the market is very complex, it's very local, uh, and and hardly anyone is making money. I mean, rental car companies like three percent in the end, and if you would recommend somebody to be rich, you shouldn't say become a taxi driver, and public transport is fifty percent minus. So it's a tough tough business it's it's funny you're saying spotify but spotify don't make money either <laughs> that's true hardly <laughs> hardly netflix either no that's <laughs> that's true so so it doesn't help to have a digital <laughs> service then well it depend i think you could say that maybe doesn't uh, the business model is not lucrative in that sense but the shareholders and the owners will probably uh, be quite happy in, in terms of their own wealth uh, yeah uh, generation or whatever we call it and they put in more money in exactly uh, in the system. yeah mm. yeah right. yeah but i think another one of the the lessons that we could draw from this um <clears throat> potentially or maybe it's a lesson that's been drawn by those who are still in the field today uh which it seems to me that there is a shift a little bit away from the b2c types of services so business to consumer which is kind of what hans did uh you you take a a commercial player and offer a private consumer um a service um Uh, and it seems that there is a bit more focus on perhaps uh, B2G now or maybe even B2B. So be business to government or even more so, I think, business to business. Uh, so one of the advantages of of serving the business to business market is that you can potentially take a, a mass service to a large employer or a group of large employees in, say, like an industry park or something like that. Um, and you get uh, potentially a single large customer 
that will pay you uh, maybe a flat fee uh, in addition to any sort of revenues that you generate from the sales of different mobility services. Um, and the advantage there is that you can um, you can attract potentially large number of users, maybe a lower volume, uh, lower volumes in terms of the actual use of the service. But uh, think about all the employees in an industrial park. That's that's quite through potentially one actor. That's quite a lot of uh, potential customers uh, versus a B two C thing where you have to maybe work with um, uh, customer acquisition on a household basis, which is you know can be quite costly. Mm. So um, this, I'm not saying that this is better, but it seems to be there seems to be trends in that direction. I can see Hans is itching no, to speak but now. It, no, but it, yeah, yeah, no, but I agree. But but if you look at like the business model, you you need to have multiple revenue uh, streams in a way. So if you say for, for instance, we have another Swedish company called Easy to Be that they actually uh, got hold of the UBGO platform we developed. So they built there on that one, and they are targeting mainly real estate developers. So, because if you if you can offer something uh, mobility services to your people that are going to live there, you not you don't have to build that many uh, parking spaces, which means a mm. lot of saving money. So there you have the real estate owners that kind of pay like a fixed thing fee to to get have the service on board, which means that for it comes uh, at such they get maybe fifty percent from 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 the landlord, the real estate owner. And and fifty percent of the margin from from the users. So trying to find different revenue streams to make the the whole. If if you look at the business model as a black box, you need to make sure to have many revenue streams. And in the end of the month, you look at it and see, oh, there's some money left. So so finding new revenue streams, and that's that's kind of what what you do in when you do business development in in a startup. You you probably end up something differently than you started with. So over time, you can find those different revenue streams. So working with employers, both to reach more uh, users, but also to get some payment for the for the for the basic service to providing the platform, uh, but also real estate owners. That's 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 a that's a good way. Mm. Well, I think what you're describing with different revenue revenue streams is typically the case for platform business models. So like Facebook is an example. There, you have a a platform. It's it's a freemium service for for the actual user but then you charge advertising revenues and you know you have different offers for mm. different customers uh, and this idea has been floated in mass but i don't remember that i've actually ever asked you this question do you think that you could generate money from advertising through no no well, i knew you'd say that <laughs> no but it's but also when, when you talk about platform it's it's i mean a platform is really to have many many small consumers meet many uh, small producers in a way that's uber and all those stuff uh, but here is it's it's the actual offering itself. So you need a platform for delivering uh, the value for delivering the service. But the platform isn't the business which we have in like Uber and so on. Mm. So, so it's, it's really uh, and and I think that's also one of the errors many many do that is say well let's build a platform and see if somebody comes. No. They want because you need to fill that platform with something. Yeah. It's not just providing the platform. But then I guess Uber doesn't have uh, advertising revenues either. They don't. Not that I know. They they spend spend <laughs> a lot of advertising <laughs> instead, <laughs> and they don't. Well, they they're getting a little bit more profitable now mm. with the delivery services. Yeah. I was. It's nice to. Uh, this is a nice way to kill an idea. It's like 
listen to what's going on in the discussion and present it to Hans. Does this work? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very clear answer. But, but yeah. I'm, 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 Just I'm get, kill I'm, it. I'm, oh, yeah. This is, I'm, oh, sure. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, but, but before we, we move on to uh, and discuss a little bit out, uh, about the future of Mars, uh, I would ask you, Hans, if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently or would you do it at all? I would probably do it again. Uh, but I would do it rif- differently, and and it probably has to do with with the funding, investments, and so on, uh, because I think that this was my first startup. So you have all this startup logic: how you how you raise money, uh, how you make sure that you get enough, so to say, runway, so you can actually develop your your ideas and so on. So so that's big one chance actually running a startup. Uh, so we, I got a CEO on board. Uh, later on, that that done that before, and he actually spoke the same language as the investor, and so on. That's a big, big difference. Uh, but I think so. So that that endurance, and with some more money, you get you get more. You, you can do it for for a longer time. Uh, and then you have the problem always: should you how much should you risk? Because the more you risk, the, the the better it could be. I mean, should we spend even more time doing it and so on? Uh, but I would, I'm stupid enough to probably do most of the the same way I, because I think the idea is still valid. I know we're going to be there somewhere, uh, sometime. Uh, so it's more, it's not more, it's not so much about if I would do it, but I would do partly with building the startup investment and so on would be the biggest difference. So, Stephen, if you would have a a, a lot of money, <laughs> uh, would you put it in the project with Hans? Actually, yeah. I was just thinking what I would do differently. And uh, I was thinking it would involve Hans. So, probably, yes. <laughs> Good um, idea. <laughs> I think one of the... <clears throat> so, we have different roles or we've had different roles and and, and so on in, in, in the developments over time. But uh, as a researcher, we, we have sometimes the opportunity to get involved in uh, research and innovation projects. And... Uh, we can. I, I think one one of the observations you can make now is is looking back over some of the the pilots that have of Mars that have existed in Sweden since Ubigo. Um They've sort of overlooked a little bit the idea, some of the ideas that Hans was talking about now. So, or earlier in the conversation. So, things like how to develop a service which is uh, attractive and compelling and affordable or creates value for money for for the user, uh, using this sort of service design perspective where you generate ideas, test them with the with the with the intended user and try and falsify or validate your hypotheses. And you do this as part of an iterative approach according to the sort of textbook um, until you have something which is called product market fit. I think that's been missing in many of the pilots that have been um, sponsored uh, since the initial UBGO pilot. And I think one of the reasons is for that, that, that is actually because of the hype. Um, people believed uh, maybe seven, eight years ago that uh, they knew what the service was. It was public transportation, plus a, plus a few of the services, a technical platform, and you're ready to go. You just need to roll that out. But that's not the case. You need to tailor, customize, really understand the user, uh, understand the locality, um, understand the context with which, within which travel is, is done. And uh, I think you know a, a successful mass service probably looks different in, in different locations. So I, I think... Something I would do differently if I had a big pot of money would be to team up with people like Hans who know that perspective and uh, go back in time and get involved with those pilots a bit more um, deeply 
and, and actually help them to become better service designers. And, and and what is interesting with 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 the pilot did Gothenburg I was kind of because it was made uh, surveys interviews focus groups statistics travel diaries and I said wow isn't it enough if people say they like the service but afterwards I was quite happy because that's actually proven to be so it's a, a third party real evaluation that it worked and and was a little bit sad now is that if you look at most of the other pilots they are really poorly set up evaluated so they don't actually contribute there are a few that contribute more than what we actually did eight years ago which it's it's a bit of sad since it's been investing so much public funding in it but also working with researchers it's also interesting because well as an entrepreneur you do things and then Stephen can explain why I did it and why it worked and did it and kind of give the the framework and the models of, so ah okay that's what I did and that's why ah okay that's great so it's it's really oh I'm a researcher myself but but it's really it's it is important to have that perspective in when you do new things because it helps you also to understand what you do and not just for marketing purpose but it actually helped during the process i think this is one of the big tragedies uh, of the of the field so far is um like a number of years ago we had after the ubigo pilot at, at rice or it was called something else at the time but uh we had quite a lot of interest in the the sort of sustainability impacts of mass so we had you know multiple uh stakeholders particularly those in the public sector asking us you know what are the actual outcomes of this does it help to reduce co2 Does it help to reduce congestion? Are people uh, do people get better access to transport, or better accessibility, and things like that? Um, and we haven't really been able to give a proper answer to that. We we can give an anecdotal answer, but not like a, a sort of you know an academic, robust, empirically grounded answer. Um, and the reason is what Hans just said. You as a researcher, um, you need to be involved in the 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 planning of each pilot uh, from the very start and the evaluation has to be a fundamental part of everything that's done um <clears throat> and that understanding has to go uh, it has to go beyond the evaluation team it, it has to be known by the entire project team in fact um so even when 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 uh, the research team is involved at the start it sometimes doesn't work out um as we found um but i think that's one of the big tragedies because this uh, at the outset this was um It was promised to be the sort of you know silver bullet. Uh, that's often the case, but it, w- it was supposed to help us to w- towards a more sustainable uh, transport system, and, and we still don't know whether that's really possible or whether that's, that can be the case, whether it will be the case. Um, we need to do more research on that, and that's a bit of a cliche for a researcher. We need more <laughs> research, of course. Give me some more funding to to complete my uh, career. But uh, <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't it be possible to? sort of say uh, say this is that that and that much uh, co2 uh, co2 reduction uh, because uh, people will not use uh, their car that and that much or c- could you couldn't you put up any models around that saying and that's that's this and that is good for the environment you you can do the model but then you see what if people use less cars yes you, you can see the co2 but how much is mass how much is integrating this into one service mm. how much will that help mm. or or is it because i mean mass could do 10 20 percent in in total in a way but but the how you plan the cities if you have good public transport if you work with the congestion charging parking fees and so on are of course more effective But we can, with Moss, you can make, since you make it easier and, and you make this change quicker, we can kind of speed up things and 
maybe get 10, 20% to change now instead of in 10 years and so on. So, so the big effects, it's, it's in a way outside uh, the Mars field. Mm -hmm. so, so what about uh, the future of Mars? What do you think? You're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a researcher. <laughs> you know me something too. about the yeah. future. Um, I think for now there is, I think there is a decline. Um, and I mean, I was at two conferences last autumn. Both were the, the keynote of both of the, I won't um, mention his name, but the keynote for both of these started his speech by saying Mars is not dead. And when someone says with conviction, <laughs> something is not dead, uh, I get a little bit skeptical. So um, I think there is a decline. I think there's a change in the guard. There have been some bankruptcies. I mean, Hans is not the, or Ubigo is not the only company to have gone into liquidation. There are others as well. Um, <clears throat> and it seems like there is more of a focus on uh, implementation now, which is good. Uh, so th I think the day for piloting, uh, especially when it's funded by at least Swedish uh, public funding agencies, I think, I think that time is gone. And, and rightfully so. Um, so there seems to be now more of a focus on implementation. And it's implementing things that can be implemented. Maybe not the uh, sort of most amazing uh, so-called level three services as we'd hoped. So maybe not the UBGO type service uh, as we'd hoped back then. But it's it's more, um, you know, uh, about booking and payment systems, uh, for instance, platforms. Uh, I learned recently that Finland has a national platform for booking and 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 payments in, in mobility now that's used by the Finnish military um, uh, and maybe that's the future finding new uh, configurations and new angles to 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 sell mobility as a service maybe it's not called mobility as a service anymore maybe it's something else and there have been attempts to rebrand it as, as something else um, even taking away this focus on the public uh, on public transportation as the backbone and focusing more on car related services um in principle that's not incorrect i think because you know you have to compete with the car so focusing on at least the functionality or the features of of a car is is a good thing um how it's done is a completely different question um so what's the future i, I don't know what the future is maybe uh mars will make a, a storming comeback one day when we have uh, a higher degree of autonomous vehicles for instance because then i think we have much more of an impetus for services in mobility um but even having said that there's probably still quite uh, a strong need for private ownership too um so it's difficult to say but um easy to speculate yeah no i i agree and, and i think that when we talk about pilots and, and the public funding it's we need to get away from the pilot this is maybe more a, a Swedish phenomena also, but saying like Vestafik, the, the regional PTA has actually said, we are open up for reselling single tickets for everybody. If you're a serious actor, you can sell our tickets, then it's very technically complex and expensive. Uh, and also you can get other agreements to, 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 to have other kinds of tickets as well. So they do it, it's not as pilot. Stockholm is actually still a pilot. Many of the other one they do pilot reselling of, of public transport. So say, okay, we will learn. Instead of doing pilots that has to start and end, we start. And then we change, we adapt and see what happens. I think that's, that's, that's one very important thing. And also, as you mentioned, with, with the car and car as a service is, of course, very important. If you want to replace private car ownership, then you need to, re then it must be very easy to get access to a car. 
instead of your private car or else you will keep your private car. So that's one thing. Uh, but also I, I quite high hope in what's happening within e EU because you have a, a number of EU directives that kind of forces every mobility operator to open up and also public transport to have to resell, uh, open for reselling tickets. And with some more data sharing that, that may, may, might make it easier in a way. And you will see different forms. You will have maybe a car sharing company that offers public transport tickets or I know that e-scooter companies, they are resold by public transport apps, but they also want to resell public transport as to, because you want to keep your customer in your app. So it's better to sell a competing service in your app than having the, the customer to go somewhere else. So you probably will see more, more not, maybe not the typical uh, Moss uh, like Ubigo or, or Wim. But everybody, if it makes sense, you will be. Uh, you want to offer other services to your customers, so that must also also mm. be one. This and also looking at a rural area, for instance, where you have public sectors more a bigger role. Maybe the public transport should do something. Mm. This issue about the in the EU about uh, forthcoming directives. I think you is it the, the MD MDMS yeah. uh, directive. That's about open data. Personally, I think it's a little bit sad that that might be the the thing that opens up the market. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you know, preferably, it would be sort of sustainable uh, innovation that was the the main driver. And mm. um, but if that, if that is the case, do you do you think then we just open up the field to you know these really huge players like Google, Uber, and so on? Those actors that no one wants to come in and and sort of. But but that's also I mean if you look at the the Google business model. Uh, that's about uh, having people do searches and so on and, and selling ads. Uh, they will never want to resell and take responsibility for a resold product or service. They, they will feed that to somebody else. Mm. Uh, what I do can happen if in the next step because AI and self-driving and so on, I think that once you get so good travel planners, so they're actually a travel assistant or a travel agent for you, that keep tracks and also find the best option and also book and pay for you. Like if you, in, in the old days, if you were a CEO, you have a secretary that took care of everything for you. So you just float around. If everybody can get access to such a service, then, then it might be, then it's going to be easier to travel without having to bring your own car everywhere because you got to get, get the best all the time. But that will take, and but that is also based on, then they open up these different services, their, their API, so you can actually have this travel agent fixing the trip for you. Mm. But when then that happens, I think that that will be a big shift. Mm, yeah. that, that, I, I was thinking just of, uh, about AI, because if if everything is, uh, if you have all the data and, and everything is autonomous, then, then I just would tell my, my phone and say, Kungsportsplatsen, yeah. which is the place in Gothenburg, and, and it would tell me, which is the fastest way to go there? Uh, where, where, sh where should I take the next car? Where is the next car? Where is the next tram? Whatever, or should I walk? Which maybe is is faster? I mean, if you get that answer right away, then would be then you, you don't you don't you, you don't actually want to have that answer. You will just get <laughs> informed how to go there, and the tickets are already already bought. Yeah, uh, of course, <clears throat> taxi bought. Yeah, because having this notion with travel planners uh, is like 
travel planner is a bug. It's not a feature. Mm. <laughs> Something that is more user unfriendly. You need to look at the screen, tap and search, and then buy tickets. Mm. That that's you should have voice or not yeah. even email voice. It fix, mm. should fix everything for you. Mm. Could could uh, what do you think, uh, Stephen? Could AI change uh, the, the the game of Mars? Yeah, I was playing a little thought experiment in my head before about whether we would have an AI programming bot that could do the uh, integration uh, for 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 um, say different mobility services, particular public transportation. Because Hans mentioned that's quite a costly exercise today. It is. It costs, uh, I think, several hundred thousand crowns to mm. do an integration uh, of the ticketing standard. Um, so I wondered whether we could aut- automate that using some kind of programming bot. I don't know, possibly. Mm. Um, but that's maybe beyond what you the scope of your question <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's, uh, it's always interesting to 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 speculate to speculate um so now um before we 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 finish i think we should uh, wrap it up in uh, in a few words for for the listeners so so what would you like to say then what should i take uh, uh, what are the takeaways from from uh, the this episode what do you think I think one keen takeaway is that this has been a, an exciting field to work in. Um, and uh, another is that it's uh, this pilot episode is just our perspectives. So I think in the upcoming ex- episodes, we'll be met by people that have completely different ideas. Maybe they completely disagree with the idea that there has been a hype curve and some kind of decline. They will uh, probably clench their teeth and fight with us on that. But um, yeah, yeah, take take our perspectives for what they're worth, which is... Uh, perhaps not nothing, but not everything. Mm. What do you think, Hans? You know, so so yeah, because we're going to do more, more, more uh, episodes, and and it's really we're doing this for us, not for the audience. Isn't it? so? We we actually want to learn and understand better. I I want to understand better why others succeeded or or failed um, from from my perspective. Uh, so, uh, but <laughs> can you give uh, any teasers? Why should uh, why should we listen to the next uh, episode? We hope to be in conversation with the, um, historically speaking, the pioneers of the field. So the the main mass experts uh, from different types of backgrounds and organizations and from different parts of the world. So this is not just a Swedish po- podcast, hence the speaking English here. We're, we're actually trying to um, attract international uh, guests, but also target an international audience. So we, we look to cover quite a lot of ground uh, during this podcast. And uh, if we are lucky, we'll get some um, so-called mass celebrities on on the pod with us. Mm. And and I think we we actually want to create a, a better understanding for both private and and public actors, uh, because it's it's a lot of what it's it's hasn't taken off because it's been more of discussion who should do it instead of what should we do and how. So getting that understanding how we, how it works and and behind the, behind the. Uh, Uh, surface in a way uh, will hopefully help people to uh, realize that okay this is how we should try another track or something hopefully mm. so uh, the message is uh, stay tuned absolutely stay tuned and hopefully we get some uh, a diversity of perspectives that we can we can hopefully learn from mm. um, uh, then uh, thank you Stephen and uh, Hans for your interesting uh, thoughts and uh, that you gave us the inside story of your mass journey and uh, thank you for listening f- to this uh, first uh, episode of uh, the masterminds podcast see you bye 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 thank you